0: Welcome back to another episode of University Overwhelm. I am Sophia Payne.
1: And I'm Scott Busby.
0: And we work at Liberty University in the Office of Community Life.
1: On this podcast, we will equip and inspire you to thrive in college, meet your goals, and understand your God-given purpose.
0: We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to another week of University Overwhelm. We are in our season two era, if you will. (laughs) <laughs> Where we are talking about uh, college students specifically getting plugged into a local church for spiritual formation. Uh, there are different reasons that we are doing this series, but we definitely want to break as much down as possible to ensure that, A, any listener knows what we mean by something, and B, we can all be on the same page moving forward into uh, getting plugged into local churches in a really healthy way.
1: Yes, that is all true. Well done. That's good. good. Uh, yeah, so today we, we kind of want to, uh, I don't know, just expound upon the idea of plugged in. What does that even mean? It's a churchy buzzword phrase uh, that you hear get tossed around a lot. Oh, you got to get plugged in. You got to get plugged in. You got to get plugged in. Uh, college students probably hear that a lot on campus too, like, especially, I mean, probably just about any college campus, but I would think especially maybe Christian college campuses, you know, get plugged into this, plugged into that. There's a million opportunities to get plugged in. What do we mean? What are we talking about? I think we all have some basic understanding of what that means. I mean, at a very basic level, we're talking about getting involved, but in the context of a local church, what does that look like? That's very different in some ways than getting, plugged in to your campus community?
0: Well, I think a lot of times get plugged in is used in a very like effort-heavy context mm-hmm. and a volunteer-heavy context. And while I agree with that, that that is an aspect of getting plugged in, it is not the only way, and the heart attitude behind it truly does matter. And so taking an episode, which this will be kind of one of our brief episodes to define it give some ideas of what this can look like for you and set up this series so that as we are talking to pastors as we are talking to individuals uh, that serve on Liberty's campus you can have these ideas and hear you know maybe theological stances or hear programs that Uh, certain churches are involved with and go, oh, that I can marry those two uh, Mm -hmm. and and kind of make this happen. So a definition, a lot of these definitions were, I'll give credit where credit is due, were from Scott. So I'm going to read some of them, but understand these are mainly from him. (laughs) But uh, fulfilling the one another's of the New Testament. So, you know, relationship. We've got basically the entire Sermon on the Mount. Um, Matthew I think it's five through seven essentially just talks through this and while we said getting plugged in can be task oriented you know or it can be we get plugged in you know by going to this um, small group well that makes a lot of sense I love that you know getting plugged into a small group really matters but the getting plugged in is more the dive into relationships with fellow believers on a regular basis Plugging into their interests, their lives, their hardships, their celebrations, the good, the bad, and the uglies, you know, walk through life together. That is plugging in to a person's mm-hmm. life and to community that gives, breathes life back into you as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, so when, when we talk about getting involved or getting plugged in, I think sometimes what comes to mind, maybe especially for students, uh, is this, you know, sort of exercise in like, let me, let me add things to my calendar so that, um, I can really say that I'm investing with, with the community. And I I would just say, I mean, that, that could be a means of getting plugged in. And inevitably, when you are plugged into a local body, you will have things to do. You will have things, ways to serve and things that you're doing, spending time with other Christians in that context. But, um, I think we we want to caution you against uh, just putting things on your calendar for the sake of them being there. So, very often, like especially in high school when you're getting ready for college, uh, you are encouraged by many of the adults in your life to get involved with things so that you can build a resume, so that whenever you're applying for college or for even part-time jobs, uh, you can point to some things and say, "Look at look at what I've done." You know, look at, look at all these things that I'm doing, um, to, to demonstrate that I'm well-rounded, that I'm plugged in, that I'm involved, that I'm not just going to school and doing my work, that I'm, uh, I'm connected. Um, and so I think sometimes there can be a little bit of a resume building attitude that we have about church as well. Um, let me, let me, let me perform in some sense. Um, and then if you peel back the layers Internally, I think often what we're looking at is this sort of uh, performative legalism. Um, you know, we don't want to we don't want to just lob accusations out there, but maybe just look at your own heart. Think about the way that you're thinking about getting plugged in uh, students and, and maybe ask that question. Like, is there is there anything going on there? Am I am I? Engaging within a local church, whether through service or through small group or whatever, so that I can hold those things up to God and say, look at what I've done. Um, look at what I've done for your people. Look at what I've done for you. Um, I would just say, I mean, there, there's a line in, in an old hymn, uh, rock of ages, nothing in my hands. I bring simply to the cross. I cling. Um, th- that's the, that's the reality for Christians. Like there's nothing you can do, uh, to offer to God, um, there's only things that you can do in response to what he's done for you. Right. Uh, and so anything done within the context of a local church to get plugged in should be done with, with an attitude of, of gratitude. I mean, I think that's where it, where it mm. begins. Like, you know, I'm okay. thankful We're to God. Put that on t-shirts. Yeah. Like I'm thankful to God for what he's done for me. Mm. Um, so let me serve his people. Right. Let me love him by loving his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me gather regularly with his people mm-hmm. to, to worship him with other Christians who are right. blood bought. Let me, well, and that's, I am yeah. gonna
0: say like what you're listing, frankly, is the bare minimum of being plugged in. Mm-hmm. The bare minimum is faithfully attending Sunday morning worship. Bare minimum is, you know, consistently taking the Lord's supper with fellow believers. Bare minimum is, you know, receiving the word, um, from a trusted pastor who is you know what's the what's the word where they're going like verse by verse contextually expository expository thank you um expository so that you are receiving i don't know how to say this like thought provoking towards the lord (laughs) teaching Mm -hmm. you know where it's not of your own self you know not about yourself but about god that is frankly the bare minimum, when it's when it comes to being plugged in to a local church, and that, based on na- national surveys, based on you know in the evangelical world, whatever, is not occurring. And so, looking at your personal uh, endeavors when it comes to plugging into local churches, you know, you listeners. And saying, well, I do go to church, you know, every single week and really examining if that is the case. If there's, I sleep in, you know, on some Sunday mornings and I go in, I sit down. I don't really talk to the people around me. I only go in with like the four or five friends that I know. We talk, we go out to lunch afterwards. And, uh, you know, I've never really talked to the pastor. I've never really gotten to know, uh, you know, gone to the connection table that almost every dang church at this point has. And, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Asked a single question about the church that I'm involved with, I don't really know their stances, I just like their worship music or, you know, whatever you're not even reaching the bare minimum and I'm not, this is not to shame it is just to kind of have that self-awareness, have the awareness of where you're at and say okay, well you know what right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to step into, you know, having that consistency, being a faithful attender, being somebody who is at least trying to branch out and get to know more individuals in the church and be here consistently taking the Lord's Supper and hearing, when there's a sermon series on Ephesians 1, I'm hearing every single sermon so I have full context and I can really understand you know, what's being preached, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then we, Scott and myself, have a desire for a beyond the bare minimum, getting plugged in, Almost every pastor in the world has a desire for beyond that. Uh, Scott, would you like to kind of dive into what that looks like beyond just that bare minimum? So instead of saying bare minimum, maybe we'll say like foundation. Yeah,
1: I I was actually going to say something about that. Because when bare minimum sounds bad or wrong, Mm -hmm. um, and actually um, I would be really encouraged to hear that I don't know what the stats are on our campus at Liberty or at other Christian colleges um, or even among just general, you know, generally students who are attending college who claim to be Christians. If I found out that 75 percent of those were doing what what we just described as the bare minimum, attending corporate worship regularly, faithfully, um, partaking of the Lord's Supper and 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 bearing witness to 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 the ordinance of baptism in the context of a local church and celebrating that with, with other believers, um, r- regularly receiving the food of God's word. I'd be really encouraged to hear that. Um, so bare minimum again. Yeah. Found foundational is probably better. Um, those ba- things launching are
0: launching point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe central, like yeah. the, those things are central to the Christian life. Yeah. I mean, you think historically, um, throughout church history, the church has, has, uh, Predominantly, those are the things the church has had. Um, there are some things we've we, by God's grace, we're able to enjoy. I think in our modern age, because technology is able to facilitate some some things, um, because we live in a society that um, has religious freedom and we're able to 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 do some things openly and you know. But throughout church history, it's not always been the case, and so, you know, for for most of church history, you're looking at, like. You know, you go and you and you gather with people. You don't even have the, the word of God in your written language. So you go to church to hear God's word. Um, and then you receive that. Maybe you talk about it with, with some people. But if you're living in a time of persecution, you're not doing much openly. <laughs> you're not going to the movies with other believers. You're not hanging out at their houses. You know, you're probably doing some stuff underground. But anyway, uh, we could go off on a tangent on that. But I think central, foundational, that's all. That's all a good way of describing that. The, the core of kind of is, what you're doing. That is absolutely, and 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 it's. We're gonna we're gonna give a lot of detail about what we think, uh, like a flourishing Christian life maybe looks like. What what, what would be descriptive of that, but please don't hear us saying that like, gathering for corporate worship with other brothers and sisters, part, partaking of the Lord's supper. Somehow that's, less, nope. important. Less Urgent. I look um, at it
0: like um, when you've got a, a doctor saying, asking you questions about like your sleep habits, your eating habits, and your exercise habits, and they find out you're exercising regularly and you're eating relatively, you know, well balanced diet, but your sleep is, you know, trash. Hmm. They're kind of going, hey, that's that's really important. Like you can do the other two really well, but if you do not have a good night of sleep beforehand, your body is just not going to react well to things and it's going to be playing catch up, you know, the whole time. Yeah. He, he didn't just diss the exercise and the food, you know, like that part is really important, but kind of that starting point, you know, where you're, where you're stepping from is incredibly important. And so being some, you know, a a very consistent member or a tender kind of, you know, whatever the, that looks like, especially for a college student who is, quote unquote temporarily, you know, in the area and goes home on breaks and things like that, being as consistent as possible is that sleep, you know, is that really building a solid foundation to then actually be able to dive into relationship, actually be able to get to know their brothers and sisters in Christ, actually get, you know, be able to know who they're serving alongside of mm-hmm. because, see their face, they've talked to them, you know, they've been regularly attending, uh, you know, when the pastor says something and you're not really sure, you have a comfortability with that pastor to be able to go and say, hey, like, what did you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, things like that. So um, yes, I love, I love switching maybe that to like, that is kind of the core of what we're talking about. That is our foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. from there, we're going to give you a list of things. This is like equally extensive and also don't be stressed about it. You know, yeah. like um, we're giving you ideas. We're giving you um, an understanding when you hear us, like I said, throughout this series, saying things like get plugged in. This looks different at, you know, every church. And this also looks different based on your personality. Yeah. Um, getting plugged into a small group, for instance, can look relatively similar for most people. But what do you like hanging out with kids? Cause maybe don't do kids ministry. If you don't, you know, <laughs> if you think, if, if you think toddlers are hilarious, but teens are like really stressful for you, you know, okay, well, guess what? What we say you should adjust accordingly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Adjust accordingly. But I also say like remain flexible, you know, yeah. service, service in the, in the, in the context of a local church or really anywhere, um, is going to, it's, it, it, un, Inevitably it's going to involve some amount of sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, so I think
0: being I, uncomfortable with an eight AM alarm clock on Sunday morning is different than being uncomfortable yeah. with a teenager in their home.
1: House. Right, for sure. <laughs> and so, you know, I would say I, I think there is this idea. There's sort of a um like a, I don't know, it's your your area of service has to perfectly match your like Enneagram number, your Myers-Briggs type or whatever. You know, I think some of those ideas have crept into the church. And I think there is some wisdom to that. Like, you know, you want to serve um, in ways that God has naturally equipped and gifted you, uh, of course. But there are going to be times where you kind of just have to white knuckle and like grit your teeth and do something uncomfortable, you know, uh, to serve the Lord. Um, one,
0: one of the things at my church, I love kids. So I'm almost always, you know, doing kid stuff. But one of the things that they've asked me to help with one time was where do you think we should arrange how do you think we should arrange these like canvas pictures we bought for kind of the like hangout area um and that's that's ministry I mean it it is and it isn't like it's part of kind of a, a church need and it was a really cool aspect of something that I do even here in the office you know it's it is and it isn't and that was kind of my personality. They didn't ask just like whoever was walking by, you know, they said, Oh, like this is something that you kind of regularly do. Can you give us, you know, some insight on this? And then I went about my day. Um, but I've also done things that I'm not the biggest fan of. And it's not that I just despised it, but I wouldn't have naturally been like, I'm excellent in that, in that area. I should go and do, right. You know, that's kind of that humility and just saying you needed a body. Cool. You know, I can, I can do it for sure.
1: Yeah. I doubt the apostle Paul enjoyed getting stoned and, Uh, lashed and you know those kinds of things like not every um, not every <laughs> not every service you render to the no. Lord is going to be pleasant
0: yeah. or um, you know you guys are college students mostly who are listening to this uh, when you are gone and in the summers and like winter breaks there are gaps because you guys are awesome in the local churches um, that are like volunteering and everything there are gaps when you are gone <laughs> and there are individuals mm-hmm. who step in that are like you know on a normal ba- like day to day basis like there are probably people who are just way better at this than I am, but you need people to help and, you know, I'm yeah. and that's perfectly fine. So yeah. we've kind of given enough like caveats, I think. I want to so... give one more. <laughs>
1: of course you do. Of course I do. Um, that should be on my shirt. I give many caveats. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say a word. You, you mentioned earlier, Sophie, um, what did you say exactly? Uh, that you may be intimidated or daunted when you hear this list of things we're going to tell you are examples of ways to get plugged into a local church, because at some point we have to give you a list of things to do examples. What does this look like? Um, I would just remind you, um, student listener that uh, the Lord Jesus told us when he was, when he spent time on earth during his earthly ministry, he said, Come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. All right. So we know that uh, Jesus gives rest. We know that we have rest because He actually picks up the burden and carries it for us. Um, and so uh, everything the Lord gives is a is a conduit for that rest. Like there's nothing the Lord gives us. Um, that, that doesn't facilitate that in some way. And so the Lord has called us to fellowship with one another. He's called us to fellowship with one another in the context of local churches. Um, so that's restful in some way, right? We don't always experience it that way um, because I think we're so tempted to turn uh, faith in the Lord into, into work you know we we want it's just it's the way we're it's the way we're wired in our fallen state like we want we want to work for things we want to demonstrate that we're worthy um, or that we're um, we're able in some way Uh, but the truth is we're not uh, and and Christ has done all for us and so uh, I would say if you approach service or fellowship or any of the things we're about to talk about in the context of local church with that posture like all right uh, Christ is, Christ has promised that this should be restful. Um, let me not add these things to my spiritual resume that I can hand over to God whenever I, uh, whenever I die, but instead let me perceive them as the, as the, the fruits, the benefits, the blessings of what Christ has accomplished already. Uh, I think that's the attitude to take, to take. So with that said, with that last caveat given, let me just like list some things off real quick. This is, this is what we mean when we say, uh, getting Plugged in to the local church. This is what it looks like. These are the types of things you will do. Uh, we already talked about faithfully attending uh, corporate worship on Sunday week after week. That's the starting point, right? Um, and really, that's central. Um, again, for for most of church history, that's that's all that many believers had. Um, but we'd also we also touched on this briefly: attending a small group or a community group, something like that, um, where you can really invest in the lives of other of other Christians, that's hard to do whenever you're just, you know, kind of like attending the corporate gathering on Sunday, sitting on the back row, then like, you know, dipping out at the end.
0: Well, Uh, and we would encourage that that small group slash community group be, there's obviously kind of special circumstances for this, but if you can help it, gender and age diverse, um, mm -hmm. race diverse as well as if possible, like just people who um, kind of range, so that you have older individuals who can speak kind of wisdom into your life you have individuals who are single and married you know so that you can kind of have different perspectives on things and then the way that men and women look at certain scriptures can certainly be from you know just different perspectives that are really beneficial to hear from and even um things that are like stressful or concerning in life can be mm-hmm. very different. So yeah. just always really healthy to have that if possible. Right. There's, you know, I've been in like a women's only group cause we were doing a book study. I've been in um, groups with people kind of more of my age, cause that's just kind of where things were at in life, you know, totally fine. But just my personal biggest recommendation I give to people is, is diversify that a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I, I'm reading through acts with my kids and in acts like 11 and 12, um provides the account of Peter and Cornelius and how God reveals to Peter through a vision that he's incorporating he's grafting Gentiles into the church as well um my kids love love the story because in the vision there's all these like unclean animals you know uh that are like uh dropped down from heaven in like a in what's described as like a sheet uh and so they're envisioning just like a blanket full of stuffed animals you know whatever awesome. uh, um but Peter, you know, God says, "Peter, rise." Peter, kill and eat. Peter says, "No way! I'm not touching those unclean animals. Like I've never touched an unclean animal. I'm not eating one." And God says, "Don't call unclean what I've declared clean." And that's how he that's how he conveys to Peter that I'm I'm bringing the Gentiles in too. When the church in Jerusalem hears this, they're overjoyed. Initially, at least, we know there's problems with that later on, but initially, they're overjoyed. They're like, "Man, look how look at the wisdom of God to bring the Gentiles in." Um, and so that's exactly the kind of you know diversity that you're talking about. Like, and we should be overjoyed too. I think we we so often we're like, man, we, we need to get people around us that understand what we're experiencing, um, and 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 somehow that 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 experience of fellowship or you know uh, or relationship within the context of a local church is, I don't know, somehow enhances it. And and I can understand where, where we're coming from with that, but we should also be overjoyed, thrilled to see that God is saving all kinds of people that have experienced very different things than we have. Um, that should be our experience of that. And I think there's much to learn from that much to glean from that. And so, yeah, I think that's a really good um, addition to that. I would say, additionally, like look for opportunities for service, uh, for volunteering. Um, again, look for things that align with your, with your, the way God has equipped you, but look beyond that too. look for legitimate needs in the congregation, in our church, in Christ Covenant Fellowship. Um, I don't know if our interview with Brandon Reed will come before or after this. We haven't recorded it yet, um, but he may mention this whenever we whenever we interview him. Um, we we're, we're a church plant. We church planted a couple years ago and uh, we meet on a tennis court currently. So we have to set up and tear down every every weekend. Um, there's a group of guys that goes out on Saturday nights. For at like eight o'clock to set up and it's constantly a like come on let's go you know like a constant it's a constant need it's a perpetual need um, and it's not fun necessarily like I had to leave we had a friend over for dinner last weekend and I had to leave to go help set up but it has to get done we have to do it you know and so look for those opportunities too like the really pressing needs within your congregation I think that's I think that's an excellent way to serve the Lord by serving His people.
0: And so, you know, some of the some of the things that that can look like on a Sunday morning, or like you said, Saturday night, can be set up, tear down. It could be kids minister, youth group greeting, um, taking tithe, um, making coffee. Uh, really, it, it can even be kind of that errand, you know, thing where it's like, oh shoot, we didn't realize we needed this, or this isn't working. Can you help with that? And. Um, doing the sound system. I mean, if you have any knowledge at all in that area, having multiple people who can do that means it's not in every single time, you know, one person's doing it. There's all these little things that go into, you know, making the, the Sunday morning. I, kids, like I said, kids ministry is definitely an area I serve in. And my thinking always is that is an hour, hour and a half that those parents get to just kind of let go <laughs> of the, like, stress that comes from making sure that your child is healthy, whole, and happy, loves the Lord, is, you know, taken care of by parents who love each other, you know, that kind of thing. It's like an hour and a half where they get to, like, go and have the Word of God, like, poured into them and have a moment where they get to just, like, worship God, you know, whatever. And all the while, I'm coloring with their kids, you know, and Mm -hmm. I get to just like, have fun with their kids. And so I don't overly spiritualize it. But I also think it makes a huge impact, especially being a parent. Now I know what that little kind of break and moment where I get to just go and be in the service and not Mm -hmm. worry can like what, what impact that makes. And so that impact, you know, for a pastor who might not be tech savvy. Means that they get to lean on somebody who is, yeah. you know, and that's one thing that right. they don't have to stress about. Um, right, you know, a pastor might have on their shoulders getting the setup and teardown situated, or you know, stuff situated, and maybe you're like, ah, I'm really good at organization, or like, I don't mind taking that on. That's one less thing on your plate. Huge impact.
1: Yeah, I'll say that. Um, another way this could look is if you notice something that could be different, could be better, could be changed um, in the. In, in, in your local church um, rather than just <laughs> saying to your pastors, Hey, I noticed this, you know, this is a problem. Can we do something about it? Uh, come to them with some solution in mind, offer to help. Uh, I think that's a huge deal. Um, I, I, think, I think pastors really appreciate that when, cause inevitably, especially when churches grow, Pastors every week get the, they always talk about like, don't email me about this. Whenever they're preaching, they're like, I'm going to get a bunch of emails about this. You know, um, they say that because it happens, you know, they hear, they hear the stuff, you know, they hear all the little, the little nitpicks and gripes and complaints. The,
0: the you know, sound system guy wasn't clicking through the slides fast enough. Right. Okay, well, can you help with that? Like, yeah, like you be the person doing
1: Instead it? of just offering a complaint.
0: Yeah.
1: Offer a offer a solution or, or even if you don't have something in mind that could solve the issue, just say like, I'm willing to do whatever is necessary to help. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so speaking of pastors like we've, we've covered the service. There's a, there's obviously other ways to serve food pantry, worship team, Awanas, uh, sports ministries, all different kinds of, of, uh, you know, foster care adoption, meal trains, those kinds of things. Many opportunities for service within the local church. I would say position yourself in the church so that people are thinking of you for those things. Um, that's probably the last thing I'd say about that. Whatever you need to do, however that works. Like in many churches, there's, you know, uh, maybe a group me or something that like, you know, if a meal train goes out, it gets put into the group. me. Make sure you're in the group me, you know. Like something as simple as that. Make sure you're you're well positioned to receive those requests that people are thinking to include you uh, whenever they need something. Um, but the segue would be get to know your pastors. Um, your your pastors shouldn't only hear from you whenever maybe you initially joined the church and then whenever you have complaints about things going forward. Like uh, your pastors are, are human beings. They they need friends too, um, and I think. I think being a pastor can often be a lonely, uh, a lonely experience. Um, I've been very blessed to have uh, pastors who have really prioritized friendship uh, within the local church, um, and and I just have to say, on the receiving end of that, that's such that's been such a huge blessing to me. Um, it is incredible to know your pastors beyond their preaching on Sunday morning, to be able to to to. To be able to get a peek behind the curtain of what God is doing in their lives as people, uh, to know them as a friend and not just a preacher, uh, that's that's amazing. It's an amazing experience. It's great. Um, I think in some churches, obviously, they're very large, and maybe that's a little more difficult to accomplish. Um, but if it's possible, I think you should. I mean,
0: well, as someone who has had both. I've had really good friends or just like as a kid, even my, my family was really close to the pastor and the pastor's wife and their kids. And, you know, that just was like a a wonderful man in my life, you know, type of thing. But who's also had the buzzword of church hurt, you know, but like church hurt has been pretty real for me. And being really disappointed in a pastor is a hard thing to kind of sort through and deal with. I will admit there have been times that I've had almost like a hesitation to because when you pull back that curtain, what if you find something that you don't really like, you know? So I want to acknowledge that because when you're trying to get plugged in and maybe you have kind of those feelings come up or those like hesitations, that might be where you're coming from. That is okay. But you are not thriving in that. You Mm. are not like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm protecting myself, you know, whatever. Yes and no don't have so much uh fear that you end up missing out on so just some truly incredible relationships that the lord can bring into your life it is one thing to be you know cautious and uh just discerning it's another thing to be dictated by um you know just fears and worries and doubts to where you you just miss out so for me it's okay um that i took things slow you know so that's what you as a listener need to do, that's fine. But for me, there's been times when I have walked away from a sermon really impacted. And I have gotten to send a voice note. Uh, My pastor, Brenton, uh, for gospel, he's going to be on this season as well. And I have sent him voice notes just going, hey, just want to let you know, like, this is the impact that that sermon just had on me. These are some thoughts, you know, whatever. And, you know, just thanks for being faithful. Like, if you didn't know why the heck you were talking about what you were talking about, this is why, you know, because I needed to hear X, Y, and Z. And I think that's really awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've even, um, he and his wife and kids, like I love all of them. They've had us over, um, me and my daughter, over for um, dinner. And one time, he um, we were about to leave. And he said, okay, so what is our church doing right about singles and what is it doing wrong? And I like sat back down and I said, all right. Uh, <laughs> but it was really cool because there are some, yes, yeah, some good things, but there were some things that absolutely needed to be worked on. And to his face, I got to say, "Hey, like, this, you know, that these things," and he nodded and he was like, "Yep, I've kind of seen some of those." Or, "Wow, I didn't realize there was a whole marriage like thing that was happening, um, like series, whatever." And I said, "If I hear one more time that I'm in a single, single se- season of singleness, I'm gonna lose my mind." Like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, a season." I'm like, "A, we don't know that, you know, we don't know this is season." And B, why can't I, as a Christian, just hear a good biblical teaching on marriage? Yeah, You know, like, why does yeah. my relationship status matter? For sure. And that was his reaction. He was like, oh, yep, you know, like clicked in, you know, whatever, and walked away, things have improved, great, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's sometimes you just get to know them because they're awesome people and, you know, like, yeah. are, that's part of it. But there's really cool aspects that sometimes because you know them, you get to have really honest, open conversations mm-hmm. that make a huge impact on their lives, on your life, or on the church as a whole. And right, that's just really cool.
1: Yeah, and and you know I said earlier that pastors need friends. Part part of Christian friendship is um, accountability. I mean that that's that's what that's what comes with Christian friendship. Um, and so if if pastors don't have friends within the context of their local church, you can probably come to expect the kinds of things that maybe you experienced when you when you did experience church hurt that's probably one of the one of the first things that that goes away whenever things like that happens I would imagine that's like the very beginning of that slippery slope you know uh, when pastors don't have uh, godly you know friends who are willing to tell them the truth in the context of a local church I think that's probably the the, the first slide down the slippery slope um, if, if pastors, accumulate around themselves a bunch of yes-men or what, or whatever, uh, sometimes by no fault of their own. Sometimes sometimes people feel uh, like they must agree with the pastor, not because they're being intimidating or anything like that, they just feel like they must. Uh, but the truth is pastors are, are people just like anybody else. They need all the same things that ordinary Christians need. They're not super-Christians. No,
0: But also, I was even thinking outside of i don't know like sin or maybe like i don't really agree with that stance that you just said you know can we talk about it whatever outside of Mm -hmm. maybe um some uncomfortable situations you know like maybe people are hearing that going i don't know if i would ever call a pastor (laughs) you know whatever i have i i have had friends do this i have personally done this where you ask the question of why are we not doing this why are we not doing this ministry And the pastors have walked you through, like, kind of mission statements, if you will, and, like, filters almost of we only have so many resources, and this is how we determine where those resources go. You Mm -hmm. know, like, we would love to do what you just said. Right. But either we have tried it before, and um, we realized we needed twice the amount of volunteers that were showing up, and if we cannot do it well, you know, we can cause some damage or something like that. Um, or it's, well, all of our resources are going to this ministry that is kind of similar to that, and we we need to see that through. We've mm-hmm. only been doing it for a couple of years. We need to do it for 10, you know, yeah. until yeah. we're really comfortable shifting. That conversation can help you go from my church doesn't care about to, oh, wow, okay, now I kind of understand and I have a clear, you know, idea of, like, why we make the decisions we do, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's literally just because you knew the pastor and you felt comfortable asking the question without it being this big deal. Hey, I just, you know, why, um, we said foster care and adoption ministry on here as one of the options because at my church we have that and we had one person in the last like 15 years do foster care or adoption, anything like as an individual and had some people minister to her during that time. And then about six years later, Separately, Did not know each other. Twelve different families at the exact same time got certified to become foster parents. <laughs> and the church was like, oh, okay, you know, we have to do something. Um, and it was like, we we could have for years looked at it and been like, we need to do more in this area. But then the opportunity arose. The volunteers kind of came into play. And they, you know, it was... Great, it was definitely the Lord. And but a pastor can take take a second to explain that. A pastor can dive into that with you. A pastor can even challenge you to say, Hey, sounds like a great thing for you to try to, you know, make happen. Um doesn't always have to be this huge confrontation, but just mm-hmm. knowing them allows you to yeah. not assume, not you know, not even get frustrated that we're not doing something or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: And friend friendship allows for the assumptions. I mean, generally speaking, I think you're less likely to make Negative assumptions about your friends than you are about strangers. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So, if you get to know your pastor as a friend, you're probably less likely to assume ill intentions. You know, um, and th- and pastors have something to do with that. As you said earlier, your pastor um, opened the door for some feedback. I think I've seen pastors do that in the in the past too. I had a pastor uh, when we lived in Texas who's still I'd consider one of my best friends. Um, just saw him a, f- a few weeks ago. Um, one of the things I loved about the way he conducted himself as an elder in our church was that anytime the elders were considering making a change in any way, he'd say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, he'd be, he was, he's, he's probably the most gifted man I've ever known in terms of hospitality. He, his house was a revolving door. Like there were always people in his home and I was in his home at least weekly. Um, and, um, and not everybody can do that. I, you know, um, that's not everybody's thing, but he was just very gifted in that way. Um, And, uh, so there'd be there on any given night, I assume there'd probably be someone from the church in his home. Often there were groups of guys that he would have over and he just put the question to the group, like, what do you guys think of this? You know? Um, and so, excuse me, pastors can certainly open the door for that kind of friendship as well. Um, and, and, and should, uh, but if the friendship is there, I think you're less likely to make assumptions like oh you know they just don't care about this or that right um, so the next one we talk about we've talked about this before <clears throat> this can be controversial um, but you gotta you gotta be willing to submit yourself getting plugged in beyond the central the core things of uh, you know you, you attend faithfully on Sunday you partake of the the element the ordinances of, of baptism and the Lord's Supper within the, the context of the local church those kinds of things. Um, you gotta be willing to submit yourself, uh, to the accountability of the church. Um, you know, and there, there's layers of that. Like, you know, in Matthew 18, we see Jesus kind of outline what that looks like. Um, all, all members of a local church are to hold each other accountable, uh, to God's word. It's everybody's job. It's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the, the elder's job or the deacon or whoever, you know, um, it's everybody's job. Um,
0: and that's what makes that that is what makes getting plugged in sometimes stressful and sometimes scary, because accountability is not something that we as human beings naturally desire without at least some really good experiences where yes, we were uncomfortable, but we were able to see a clear, wow, that is what I needed to. Stop doing what I was doing or to start doing what I needed to do, you know? And after several experiences of really healthy accountability, you can start to appreciate and crave it. But initially, that is not necessarily what we seek. Or we seek uh, validation for why we did what we did. You know, we seek the, I'm going on a rant and somebody's like, yeah, girl, you know, you should be like, you should be like that, whatever. Um, But to sit there and say, hey, this is how I handled this conversation with my roommate and somebody saying, I think you're in the wrong, it Mm -hmm. is a really hard pill to swallow. Um, Hey, you know, I'm noticing some of the posts that you're doing on Instagram. Honestly, I I don't think that that is, you know, you walking close to the Lord right now. Is there something going on? Mm -hmm. Um, That is super uncomfortable. It's not what you want to hear. It's not what you want to experience. Um, But it's part of being really plugged into the Christian community, being somebody who is seeking Christ, you know, and what they're doing is somebody who is willing to submit to the accountability teaching. What did we say? Accountability teaching, correction and rebuke. Um, it is hard. I, I don't ever want you guys to listen to our podcast and hear some, like a demeaning or a demeaning or diminishing attitude where we are sitting here going, just do it. You know, like, yeah. nothing it's yeah. like, no, we, we get it. it. But it. we also have seen um, I'm 30. How old are you, Scott?
1: Mm, thirty <laughs> I'm. I, I've gotten oh to the point in my life where like. What you hit thirty. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares how but, old you are? But
0: you know we are from college ten you know to thirteen years removed, and not so far away that we don't remember, but far enough away where we have seen, uh, the the wisdom and the foolishness of you know some of our decisions and, the benefits and the you know not benefits of you know certain community that we had and and that kind of thing and Mm so saying I know it's hard is not to say to you it's an excuse to not try but it's also not to say to you what like it's hard you know "Uh, yeah it's not that big of a deal it's it's truly a I hear you I know that you might have a hesitation I know that even the word submit can bring out some just negative feelings but when there is a healthy individual across the table from you looking you dead in the eye saying I care too much about you to let this continue. I care too much about you to not say something and hear, you know, here's the biblical reason why I'm doing it. Or here's my heart. You know, here's why I'm doing this. And it really is a healthy thing. The spiritual impact that that has is immense. Like it's, and it's worth the uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to, just to, to add a little bit of context personally to what everything Sophie just said, this is not some abstract thing. Um, speaking from my own personal experience, I mean, I, I've had to confess things to other Christians that made me sick to my stomach mm-hmm. to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, I am not, um, I'm not giving this instruction uh, via this podcast, if you could even call it instruction, uh, guidance, uh, from from a position of I've never done it myself. Um, I've done it, and it's hard, and it's not fun. Um, I've sat under preaching that made me squirm in my seat because I knew I was guilty of sin, um, that was being preached against, um, to my, to my benefit. Um, you know, and, and, uh, and that's the, that's the Christian life. Like, uh, the Christian life is a perpetual call to, to repentance. Um, that is, that is what many um, many kind of giants of the faith over the course of church history have said over and over and over again. Uh, the Christian life is not one of, I don't know, it's not, it's not pristine, it's not, um, it's, not, um, it's not just this gathering of, of, of perfect people. Um, Christians are the people who understand themselves to be unclean, to be sinners. Uh, and so, it should not surprise us at all whenever... Uh, we are in the position to have to go and confess some sin <clears throat> to another Christian, or we, we, we're going to coffee with another you know, believer and, and we think it's just coffee, and then all of a sudden they're, they're, they're telling us, they're, confess, they're confiding in us. Um, you know, that shouldn't surprise us at all. Um, in fact, we should, if we're in the position to receive that from another brother or sister, uh, we should praise God that they feel comfortable enough to do that. Sure. with us you know and and you know we should ask god for for wisdom and how to how to handle those situations yeah if
0: you want to be the type of person who gets told when a marriage is falling apart and somebody kind of feels like they're drowning if you want to be the type of person that that like receives that information from the actual individual and they're like desperate you know for help you also need to be the person that shows up week in week out text calls Kind of relatively keeps up with each other, you know, and also yourself talks about hardships because the moment that that is something that like they just need partnership in like they need somebody to come alongside of you're just you're there you know and you're yeah. in the position because you've always been in that position mm-hmm. you've built into that position you know, whatever we, you know we're like oh I've got your back and I'm also never in your life you know oh you can come to me about anything but I will never ever be vulnerable with you to, to yeah even, that's like, mirror that, that's worldly
1: know? friendship yeah. you know that, that's worldly friendship is um, my friends affirm me no matter what I do or say um, the moment that they don't, we're done. Right. Um, and we're just we're just we're just hanging out to, to have a good time. Yeah. There's no there's no purpose. There's no mission yeah. baked into our friendship. Yeah. Every Christian friendship is there's there's mission and purpose baked into mm-hmm. it. Um, we're not just hanging out to hang out. Right. Like um, we do yeah. hang out, <laughs> but but we hang out to redemptive ends. Like. Yeah every interaction that one christian has with another or even with an unbeliever should serve some redemptive purpose um whether or not we're actively thinking about that or not i mean that that's that's what it is i mean we're we're spending time together to um to facilitate uh conformity to the image of christ in each other yeah that's that's what we're doing, yeah. whether we have that front of mind or not. That's what's happening, mm-hmm. uh, and and by every interaction we have with each other, we are we are imaging Christ accurately or inaccurately. We're either we're either conveying something true or false about who Christ is as a friend of sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, we we gain our understanding of what friendship is from Christ, who set who calls himself the friend of sinners. Um, that's where we get it.
0: There's about 17 episodes we could do. From this episode itself, uh, diving into different things. But this just will go right back to this is why building community and actually getting to know people is incredibly important. Because, um, you know, here's a scenario. You're walking in a church. It's a local church that you have found to be something that you enjoy. You know, you're like, I think theologically so far, things have been pretty healthy. The environment seems pretty. Just really solid and really friendly and really open, and you know, reputation in the community is really solid. Things like that, you know, just some of the things that maybe you'd be worried about are not words. And you're consistently going, and then you say, "All right, I'm gonna get uh, plugged into this to a small group. I'm gonna reach out. They, you know, kind of plug you in, and you start get to know people and there's like two or three in the group of 15 that you really connect with, you know, everybody you connect with, but like you really connect with these two or three people and you're hanging out outside of it. You're grabbing coffee, you're getting to know each other. And, you know, maybe from that group of 15, there's a couple that you see in whatever ministry on Sunday morning you're serving in. And there's a couple that you see during the week that you serve in that other ministry. And you're just kind of living life together and doing things. And then, all of a sudden you're kind of going through some stuff and maybe questioning. Um, I mean, I've had friends who have questioned their theology and in the same conversation, another friend is like, I think I need healthier boundaries with my mom. <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> cool, we'll talk about both. Um And you're just sitting there and then, you know, maybe you're going through a really tough time, Um, you know, you lose a loved one or you're having a fight with a family member or, you know, kind of whatever. And you're grappling with, how do I do this? Like, how do I handle this? How do I, you know, make this okay? And, you know, how do I do this right as a Christian? All of a sudden you've got somebody sitting there and you're going, wow, I have like a really solid relationship with you. And I can say out loud the thing that I don't even know if I believe it. You know, like uh I think I'm right, but also I don't know if I am. You know, can you tell me if I if I am or not? And, you know, they're able to speak into that and then all of a sudden you're kind of looking back going, "Oh. I feel pretty plugged into this church and I feel really plugged into and tapped into this local Christian community. Mm. And I feel like in this moment the accountability that the Lord gave to me in a situation that I wasn't sure how I needed to do it was something that, you know, through me being faithful, through me being inconvenienced and uncomfortable sometimes and, you know, whatever, I, like, it's easier on a Tuesday night to binge Netflix than it is to, like, get in your car and drive and go to a small group. But it's also really hard when you're going through something really hard and you don't have people around you. Yeah. You know? And so everything we say, it feels like every single thing that we're, like, talking about is that community aspect, you know, it's getting to know people. It's not checking off the list. I greeted a hundred people at church today. I didn't talk to a single one of them, but I did smile and give them a thumbs up and welcome them. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's it's not. I walked into the service. I sat, talked to no one. I sat down. I received the teaching. I got up, still talked to no one. Left, went to lunch. You know, and did my thing. It's I went in and I spoke to people who are also sinners, who are also struggling, who you know, most, most love the Lord, you know, most are trying to live a life like pleasing to the Lord. We're all kind of struggling in that area. And, um, I got to know people who, you know, have similar struggles as me. And I got to know people who have opposite struggles as me and, you know, we're living this kind of messy life together.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of those things, all the things that we've talked about, we began the, the discussion by, um, mentioning that really, what being plugged into a local church means is, um, within that context, fulfilling the one anothers of the New Testament. They're all over the New Testament. Uh, when you have time, maybe do a uh, a, a word search uh, for that in your Bible Gateway or whatever, whatever you know, your Bible app on your phone. Uh, you'll find plenty of one another the 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 phrase one another. You know, confess your sins to one another, love one another, bear one another's burdens, all those kinds of things. Um, and really, you know, we, we used the language earlier of bare minimum and then going a little bit beyond that, but really all these things are pretty standard, uh, for Christian living. Um, whenever they're not present, we're actually, we're, we're deficient in some way, not deficient in the sense that like, um, we have, we're deficient in terms of our justification, like Christ. Christ did all the work on our behalf. We're, we're never deficient in terms of our works um, if we're in Christ. Um, but we are, we are deficient in the sense that we are not experiencing the abundant life that Christ paid for. Um, you know, C- Christ, Christ paid for that. Um, and so <laughs> our, that deficiency really is just a matter of us. Uh, not not resting in the things that he paid for, not taking full advantage of the benefits of Christ, not enjoying Christ in the way that we can. Um, and so, I think we I think we need to end this one. We we said this was going to be a brief conversation. Yeah, it's... my
0: new New Year's resolution is I'm going to stop saying that. <clears throat> God and yeah. I don't know how to be. Brief. When you said it earlier,
1: I was like, we'll see. Yeah. Um,
0: we had like four points we needed to make.
1: <laughs> right. Well, so I, I would just finish by saying you know, the, the, the central, the the core, the foundation of the Christian life is the corporate gathering. You know, there is, there is a sense in which, you know, the Greek word for church means assembly or gathering. There is a sense, sense in which the church exists, uh, in, in a gathered state only, you know, like, um, when we scatter, uh, we're still the church in a, in a spiritual sense, but We are we are the church embodied whenever we gather, Uh, and so, um, but we I would say those are those that's the most central the most core um, thing that a Christian can do, and then beyond that we want to be fulfilling the one another's of the New Testament. Well, how do we do that? These are the ways in which we do that, Um, and so, and really I would say I would say, in closing that that is the way. Uh, That's one of the ways that we experience the life that Christ paid for um, is by uh, by investing fully in that, in that community Mm -hmm. that he, that he bought by his blood. Uh, And so um, that's where we're going to end for today. I don't know how long this is. If you made it to the end, thank you for listening. Um, And
0: listen, we have um, questions and polls for almost every single episode that we will be doing for season two. We would love for you guys to interact and Uh, participate in those just give us your thoughts and feedback Uh, pretend like we're hanging out chit-chatting and you want to just insert you know your own thought into what we have said Uh, we can take it if you think the complete opposite of us we can handle your opinions so definitely share definitely uh, participate in those messages or those um, questions and polls because we want to hear from you and just follow along on this season with us i think it's going to be one of just the best podcast seasons for um, christians in general and definitely college students who are kind of in a phase of what what is important what do i need to spend my time on um, what matters and what does god want for me
1: no caveats it's just the best season of a podcast period If you enjoyed this week's episode, leave us a review.
0: Or you can shoot us an email at liberty.edu.
1: And be sure to follow us on Instagram at libertycommunitylife.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.